0: Welcome to the Girl on Top, Shallon XO Podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celebrity relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Today, we're going to be talking about difficult conversations, fuckboys who catch feelings, and what to do if the guy you like isn't exactly on the market. And a reminder, if you want to chat privately with me, head to my brand new website, shallonlester.com and click get help. Also be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it and follow me on Instagram at shallonxo and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. welcome to the girl on top podcast you know i've been thinking that i would like to start each episode with a little bit of momentary pause because you know i feel like your mind is kind of like your skin you have to exfoliate it in order for things to absorb right like we exfoliate our skin so that our serums absorb a little bit better and they work right your brain is the same way and for me i think brain exfoliation is basically like meditation Just taking a moment to get yourself in the right headspace to absorb the messages you need to. So let's all take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. Let your tongue fall off the roof of your mouth. Relax the jaw. Let your shoulders drop. Let your eyes maybe sink halfway closed. Just relax. Unclench everything. Take one more deep breath. And out. And now our mind is ready to go. This question comes from Jasmine and she submitted it on my brand new website. Yes, I forgot to mention this at the very beginning, but my new website, ShalinLester.com, that's the number one place, the only place that I'm taking questions. So head on over there and click get help. I'm answering, you know, any question you have about like love, family, friendship. All of that. I'm also doing social media consulting. If you want me to take a look-see at your Instagram, I can give you feedback on the vibe, the message, the layout, the content, the captions, the bio, the emojis, all of that. Because as we know, our social media is sending a message. We got to make sure it's the right one. So head on over to shallinlester.com. Okay, so Jasmine, she says, I have a question about my life in general. Two years ago, I moved back to Shanghai where I grew up and after spending 12 years in the U.S., I'm 28 now. And I have not made any new friends since then. I speak Mandarin perfectly, but somehow I just struggle with meeting people here. I'm also very isolated at work because my only coworker I have is my boss. And I'm also dating him. And he's married. So I don't feel valued at all. Not at work, not by anyone. I really wanna move back to the US, but I can only do it through a student visa, which is expensive. I feel stuck and I just don't know what to do oh boy i know what to do i know what to do about almost everything so priority and problem number one is this married boyfriend i mean girl come on you know this isn't what you deserve or ultimately want who in the hell wants to be a mistress nobody it's bad enough to date a coworker because like i always say then it's like you're working 24 hours a day you see each other at work and then you come home and you talk about work wow let's just sleep at the office what's the difference but if he's a co-worker and married, like, no. Because it's creating two things. Two things are happening. Number one, you're using him as a crutch to satisfy your needs. But like, just barely enough. Like, the relationship is keeping you just satisfied enough that you're not truly forced to go out and make friends and seek a healthier romantic relationship. You know? It's just keeping you at this sort of like, low simmer. And number two, you know this. And you feel ashamed of the situation, which is also keeping you, like, what I call, like, shrunk, like, minimized, you're not taking chances, your posture's probably bad, like, you're just sort of, like, receded and balled up, like a little hedgehog. You're not chatting with people, you're not starting exciting new hobbies, you're not growing emotionally. So it's like this vicious cycle. You stay in, like, a shame-producing, shameful situation because you're afraid to leave. And you're afraid to leave because you feel ashamed of yourself and you don't have enough self-confidence to leave you know what i mean it's just one is fueling the other and you go around and around and around what we give to the world we get back in terms of vibes so if you want to be valued by others you first need to value yourself because then you have a standard for your treatment you don't just take emotional scraps like an emotional beggar you're a queen you have a bounty You live large, you love large. You know exactly what you deserve. So this guy gotta go. And if that means you look for a new job, that means you look for a new job. Unless you're like part of parliament, your job is not worth your self-respect and potential friends and meeting a truly decent partner. Like, I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care how hard the job market is. This is your one life. I've had two friends die this year and my grandmother, and it's like, you know, one of them, he was an old coworker, and I just, like, loved him. He was such an amazing person, and he spent his last days working for Star Magazine, which is arguably the most depressing place to work. Like, it's a, it's a dungeon. They don't respect you. They treat you poorly, and it's like, that was his life. That's how he spent his life, and life is too Short, like your job, as difficult as it might be to leave, we have to stop choosing the negative that we know over the positive that we don't. And psychologically, people are, people tend to do that. They stick with what they know, even if they hate it, because the prospect of going after something they don't know, the unknown, is scary. But think about all the times you have branched out. You've left behind a toxic relationship, a bad job, a shitty friend. I guarantee you, you took a step up. You leveled up. You learned something. You had a better friend. You got a better job. You found a better, hotter dude, right? So we always have to keep that in the foreground of our mind and not get afraid and stuck in this cycle that we're afraid to leave because, well, what if I fail? So the fuck what if you fail? Who cares? Okay, you fail. You learn from every failure, right. Do you really think you're never going to find another job again? You're going to retire at 28? You think you're never going to make another friend again? You think you're never going to love again? Baloney baloney so you need to move on i mean anyway like you need more social interaction a two-person office is a nightmare no so start there break up and move forward and then you really will not have any other choice but to put yourself out there and make friends you're gonna have to address the root issue and not just cling to this guy like an emotional getaway car you know that we talk about all the time So don't forget to be open with people. I think this is a big mistake we make when we're trying to make friends. It's like we feel vulnerable, you know, when we feel lonely. And that doesn't lend itself to being vulnerable. Being vulnerable truly does come from a place of strength. You know, when you open up to people and everything, it comes, it has to come from a place of like, well, you know, if this goes poorly, if they don't respond to me, if they kind of poke me in my emotional underbelly, I'll survive. You know, and when we are trying to make friends, that's, we don't feel strong. But confidence, I always say, you fake it till you make it. And it really is a machine that goes of itself. You put yourself out there a little, you're going to get a positive return, and that's going to impel you to do it more. You know, And I know it's risky to share stories, but that's how people bond. And if there's nothing ventured, nothing gained. So start some new hobbies and restart some old ones. Invite people over. Say, hey, to your yoga class, Guys, come over for wine and cheese, my house Thursday night after after yoga, or whatever it might be, whatever makes sense to you. Like be a leader, because the number one question I get is how to make friends as an adult. It's hard, but the good thing is that everyone else out there is asking that question, so everyone else wants to meet people too. I don't know very many people who are like, you know what, I don't wanna make any more friends. I am all stocked up on friends. And honestly, if people have that attitude, you don't want to be friends with these folks anyway. You know, they've got small town mentality. They've got insular, clannish thoughts. Like, they're not going to teach you anything anyhow. They're not going to enrich your life. They don't want to eat sushi. It's raw fish. Don't they have hot dogs on this many? Get the fuck out of my life. Get out of my life. I don't need you. So by opening yourself up and being bold and being vulnerable at the same time, you're going to find your tribe. So use this to your advantage because everyone out there is hoping for the exact same outcome that you are. So Allie has a question about patterns. She said, Shallon, I recently broke things off with this guy I met on Tinder. He's three years younger than me, but super smart, talented, speaks five fashions. But I had to stop seeing him because he is so selfish. He used to beg me for my attention for the first two weeks after we matched. And now he's like, You there? Want to meet up? Just very cold and rude. He also likes to brag about how stupid people, like, and girls especially, are. Like, he thinks he's so superior. The thing is, all men I get involved with make me feel shitty in some way. With my ex, it was my appearance, and with this guy, it was my intelligence. Help me. So, I think you're right to recognize patterns, you know? No one likes to point the finger at themselves, but when we notice patterns, we have to acknowledge that we are the common denominator. And it's like, if you don't want to acknowledge that, okay, but you are consciously choosing a victim narrative then, right? I don't know, I just I just always get dumped. Well, girl, who's the common denominator? You are, and if you would rather bitch and cry and entrench into a victim narrative, that's fine. You can do it someplace else. This is not the channel for you, you know? And people in your life, in real life, are gonna take a step back because that gets really, really old quality people want to advance you know we want to grow we want to troubleshoot we want to be happy and if you don't you need to examine why not but that's a whole separate thing so i think you can remedy the situation in a few ways number one because she's like i keep finding shitty guys like guys who treat me shitty so number one you cut them off after the first red flag not the 10th and this is hard for all of us but when a man shows you who he is when he reveals his true colors believe him insulting people cold demeanor bragging that's not always oh, having a bad day that's a personality defect and that does not change right sometimes our best traits are our worst your living heart your ability to give someone the benefit of the doubt can work against you and it is it's okay to be a little ruthless so a guy told me one of my guy friends the other day he he just broke up with his girlfriend for like six years he's like and you know I realized that the first fight you have with someone ends up being the last fight you have with them. The very first blow up you have with someone ends up being the thing that breaks you up in the end. And it's so true. My one friend, she got like her first big issue with this guy she was dating was that he ghosted her. He ghosted her for like two months. And guess what? He just ghosted her again and it's over, you know? And it's like, I look back on my relationships. I'm like, yeah, you know, I dated someone who lied a lot. That's the thing that broke us up. Because when you have that first big blow up, like it doesn't happen like week two, you know, you're already pretty far down the rabbit hole and you've already, it's already been building. So when it explodes, it's because it's a legitimate issue that you've been denying, you're making excuses for, and it just, it explodes. And when we can look ourselves in the eye and say, I don't need this. And I understand human nature enough to know that this is not going to change This is going to keep going until it's the nail in the coffin. Then we can make a healthier choice because confidence turns a red flag into a deal breaker. Right. And we got to have that confidence. Time is not our friend. Time is not on our side with anything. And it's not about like, you got to get married. You're behind schedule. It's that we don't know what the future holds. I just said this in another question. I don't know why I'm so like death obsessed this, this episode. I'm sorry. But like, we got to choose how we spend our time. So also, number two, ask yourself where, where else in your life you see this pattern of shitty dynamics, you know? Does your dad treat your mom this way? Does your brother do this to your sister? Patterns are born of familiarity. We pull ourselves not towards what's healthy, but what is familiar. And what is familiar is very often unhealthy. So look around and see why you find this cycle familiar. Number three. Is this scratching a psychological itch? Like, do you feel like you deserve to be treated poorly? That was my initial thought. Like, I don't know, guys always treat me shitty. Well, you allow it. Why, though? Because it's familiar? Because you think this is all you deserve? A lot of us, I mean a lot of us, all of us, have issues with self-worth. I mean, I'm a bad bitch, you guys know that, and of course I struggle with it, of course. So we pull ourselves towards people who treat us badly as badly as we feel inside, because we want to be able to predict an outcome, you know? And when we're like, I feel crappy, I deserve to get dumped, we choose someone subconsciously who is going to fulfill that prophecy so that we can say, aha, I knew it. And we don't feel crazy, we feel right. Isn't that weird and twisted? And we could feel right or we could feel happy. And we feel happy by feeling truly good inside so the thing that is now familiar is happy healthy behaviors so then when we're confident like i said red flags become deal breakers and we see those flags before they even happen before they even happen we don't have to get to that three month blow up thing over like insulting behavior or lying or cheating or ghosting or whatever it is We can see that a mile away because we're not grabbing onto people out of desperation. We're evaluating them more neutrally, as neutrally as we can. We avoid people who behave in extremes, begging for attention, you know? So like, yeah, when a guy comes on that strong, he's going to fade out really hard. It's like a firework. People who gaslight us, we're going to be able to spot those because we're going to be confident in our own decision making and our own analysis. Don't tell me that I'm being crazy. Don't tell me that I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. I know myself and I trust myself because I like myself. So look into those three things. Cut them off after the first red flag. Where else do you see this pattern? Are you scratching that psychological itch? Then you are going to have a very different experience. You are going to clear cut through the douchebags and know that only the people who are left standing, the ones who make it into your life, truly are the quality people. next up we have amanda who's got a problem with a fuckboy like right when do we not okay so she said my mutual friends with benefit situation three or four months with a casual friend it was like sort of borderline and we became actually like kind of proper friends talking for hours and he was like i'm surprised that, like we get along so well and the sex is good and several times he was like kind of becoming more romantic at the end But then it faded because, uh, I don't know, he's busy with work. Is there someone else? He was very emotionally open, especially for this like tough guy telling me about like bullying issues and like his grandfather's death and blah, blah, blah. And he's bringing all this stuff up himself. And he mentioned like it early on and like, not in an emotionally manipulative way, but again, like now he's faded. So I'm just confused. Like why bother opening up so much just to fade out? What's the point? What does he want? Ugh. you know what fuck boys want they want mayhem they want just like pure emotional carnage ah so i hate it when guys do this i hate it because what he's doing is using you for girlfriend duties but basking in the fact that he doesn't actually have to make you his girlfriend think about it it's like you're an employee who's working for free you're doing all the work of a paid person but without requiring anything in return do i actually have a job here can I have a paycheck? When do you need me to come in? Like, you wouldn't find that flattering. You know, you wouldn't find that a charming situation that you needed to stay in. You would recognize it for what it is, someone who's using you. And like, we always wanna feel flattered and happy when someone opens up to us. Oh, they trust us, They're, we're deepening the connection. Not nah, to me, it's a sign of manipulation. Oh, hey, let me use you as a free therapist, oh, and free hooker, like a free prostitute, but then I'm gonna go ahead and ghost you when you even think about requiring something in return. How dare you, bitch. My friendly ear, my empathy, that has a price. I don't do that for someone who's not gonna give it back to me, whether it's a friend, whether it's an Uber driver, whether it's a friend with benefits. And an FWB won't. That's the inherent construct, right? That's the contract you entered into. So I think this dude is super selfish and just a complete user. He was purposely telling you all of this precisely because you guys had this contract with no strings attached. He's pushing his luck and taking advantage of that because then if you're like, "Uh, okay, then like, what's happening here? Are we like deepening this, moving towards a relationship? He can get out of it on a technicality. Whoa, whoa, babe. I told you. We're just hookup buddies. Now, here's chapter 26 of my tale of woe, part three, paragraph one. Like, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. Like, you just don't get to do that. We acknowledge that, like, sex has a price. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, like, sex has a value. We talk about giving it away. I'm not giving it up. We don't talk about that in terms of our listening skills, do we? I'm giving up my ear. I'm giving up my attention. I'm giving up my empathy but we need to start. We need to start. So going forward, don't let people prey upon your best qualities, your empathy, your warmth, your loving, open heart, your ability to bond. Don't let someone weaponize that against you. If you want to have a friend with benefits, that's fine, but you need to keep some boundaries. And that's hard when sex gets involved. You know, We're built to bond. And that's not a weakness, it's a strength. So maybe this FWB situation just isn't right overall like certainly it isn't right with this guy fuck him i mean not literally don't ever do that again but like it's really hard for us to keep up a hookup buddy situation for very long like i said we're built to bond it's oxytocin release thing and that is not a weakness it's a strength so give your time to someone who knows that's a strength who values that instead of using it against you in a selfish way So Kristen is in a quandary about how to handle a potential logistical problem. She says, I've been dating a guy for almost three months. We aren't official yet, but he's been wonderful. He's escalating patterns the whole nine. I'm 29 and he's 30. And he said he's looking for something serious and he's ready to settle down. I really like him and I would really like to see if things can progress further but here's the catch i'm a nurse interested in going back to school for nursing anesthesia and i can't apply to school for another few years and school will likely take me out of state for two to three years so how do i approach this should i break things off while it's early or wait and see what happens when the time comes so i can see why this is a super stressful situation it's like you have the best and the worst problems you know you have usually it's like oh i I, my life is completely clear for love and this guy does not like me, but this is the opposite. It's like you guys are vibing in a great way, but it's like, are the logistics working? But that's the thing, they may not be working. You don't know yet, nothing solid yet, not on any front. Not with him, not with school, who knows? Two to three years, we could be a war with China. There could be flying cars. You're trying to make life choices with not enough data points. So I would tell him what you told me. Look, I really see a future with you. But I also see my own future and I don't know how those two can coexist and I want to talk about it, you know? And I think his answer might really surprise you. Maybe he's amenable to moving too. Maybe he's totally cool with it. You know, like a few years in the future, you can get your ducks in a row. You can see where your relationship is. Like That isn't a deal breaker as much as you think it might be. And who knows? Maybe you guys won't even like each other anymore when the time comes to apply. And again, there's so many what ifs. You have to either gather the data that you can, AKA talk to him and let the rest sort itself out in time, AKA how you even feel about each other when school comes up. And also if he's legitimate about wanting to settle down, he will welcome this conversation. He doesn't want to waste time either. He doesn't want to waste emotion, you know? So he's going to want to have these conversations upfront. And I think people don't have them because they're like, well, I don't want to scare someone off. Look. If having a conversation uh, as an adult about your life is like scaring a guy off, girl, he's a leaver anyway. He was always going to leave. You know, someone who's in something for the right reasons, they want to make sure that their partner's on the same page. They don't want to waste time. They don't want to put themselves out there. Like we think guys are like, oh, we got to trap them into commitment. No, no way. I have the opposite problem when I date guys, like they want to settle down, you know? And I'm like, "Eh, I have a few more hoe years in me maybe, I don't know. Like guys are creatures of habit, you know? They want to know, they want to be able to plan their life. They want to know where their next lay is coming from, where their next meal is coming from, where they can buy a house, how much money they're going to be making, how they can climb the corporate ladder at their job. Like they're creatures of fact. And it's okay to inquire about those facts. Because like I said, if they're not amenable to that conversation, You can't be in a relationship where you're terrified to talk about real things. Because then what do you actually have? You have this surface relationship where you're just like small talk and we have sex and oh my God, do you want to go pumpkin picking? That's great, but that's also how you waste five years of your life. And then you wake up and you're 36 and you're like, cool, I didn't freeze my eggs. I was dicking around in this dead end relationship because I was too much of a wuss to have the real talk I needed to as An adult, right? So the bottom line though is do not, do not put school on the back burner to hang on to him. No, 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 no. I've said this before financial independence is the only independence. If you're not financially independent, you're not independent at all, right? Like we all meet those like rich bitch girls, like, I'm an independent woman. Oh, well, does your dad still pay your rent and your credit card? Okay, then you aren't, right? Like, that's not how that works. You also need to be emotionally independent and stable and confident on your own. And that doesn't happen if you're turning down career opportunities and putting your dream off to the side and deferring it for a guy. So that's going to make you feel crappy. And ironically, that's exactly what ruins your relationship. Because you will not only start to resent him, he'll resent your ass right on back. Because when we do that, when we, like, you know put all of our efforts into a person instead of our dream, and a person is not a dream, that's not what we're put on this earth to do, we inevitably grow clingy and bitter and jealous. Look what I gave up for you. How dare you watch football with your friends. And we see dynamics like this all the time. I have a lot of married friends, you know, and I see how the wives interact with the husbands. Where are you? When are you coming home? It's because they sunk everything they had into this investment, into this person. And now they're like, well, where the hell is my return on investment? Girl, you put it in the wrong place. You got to put that into yourself, right? So keep your goals priority number one. Because remember, we cannot just fall for a person. We have to fall in love with their circumstances too. And no one can fall in love with us until we're in love with our own life first. This question comes from Jessa. She says, I have a huge crush on this guy. He's super sweet. He's funny. He's just an all around awesome dude. And I think that ever since I saw, him, I'm not really sure how he feels though, there's some signs like we hang out a lot. He wants to come into my stand-up shows. He compliments me all the time, makes eye contact, all of that. The problem is he has a girlfriend and I know there's some that there are some relationship issues between them. Like his girlfriend just moved away to college and I've heard him talking about how needy she is since moving there. What do I do? Um, You do nothing. You do nothing. He has a girlfriend. He has made his choice, okay? And you can't cast the blame on her or make her look like the villain because she has no idea her boyfriend is carrying on an emotional affair with his side chick. And make no mistake, that's what you are. And there's a reason people use the term side chick in a derogatory way, because it's shameful. It's shameful that we allow ourselves to like be in that position, it's humiliating. Oh, his girlfriend, she's crazy, she's needy, she's whatever, dude, of course he's gonna say that. Of course, no guy who wants to just like horn dog around and be a fuck boy is ever going to paint his girlfriend as like, yeah, really cool, loving, supportive, her family's really there for me. She scratches my head just the way I like it and winds up my socks the way I like, it. like, he's never gonna say that because then the side chick is gonna be like, wait a minute, now I feel guilty. Now I really am the bitch. I really am the interloper in an otherwise healthy relationship. So who's the villain? It's you, girl. If you're the mistress, you're the bad guy, okay? You don't get, like, a get-out-of-jail-free card on this shit. Like, and look... I'm not here to, like, morally shame anyone. You don't want to be the mistress for yourself. Like, it's not a fun position to be in. As Blanche Devereaux says in The Golden Girls, she says, well, I'm no fool. <laughs> Married men always feel so guilty. They end up giving the really expensive gifts to the wife. I was like, you know what? That's really true, right? Like, at the end of the day, a man has made his choice. If a girl's so crazy and so needy, dump her with a text great it's over it's over with a text message if he really wanted to come after you in a legitimate way it's the easiest thing in the world men split the catholic church to go after the women they wanted okay don't act like he can't dump a girlfriend who's long distance if he's not it's because he doesn't want to okay we always think these situations oh they're so complicated oh they're so complicated but look I've been here many times. I can tell you, he is just a dick who likes having two girlfriends. Point blank, period. You are not special. This situation is not special. It's not complicated. It's not. He's an asshole who is a cheater who is playing you both. Only the girlfriend doesn't know she's getting played. She doesn't know anything that's going on. So she's not the villain. You, on the other hand, you know every single thing that's happening and you're going to be the big loser in this situation, right? It's your heart that's going to get broken. I mean, the girlfriends will too if she finds out, but like for now, like ignorance is bliss, right? You're the one who has to shoulder this moral burden and it sucks. And like I said, like, (laughs) I don't know when women, when we are all going to stop believing that we're not going to lose him how we got him. You know what I mean? If he cheats with you, he will cheat on you. So if you really want him, show some backbone. You say, you know what, we have fun, I like hanging out with you, but I'm not about to hang out with another girl's boyfriend. I have respect for your relationship, and more importantly, I have respect for myself. I am too good to be a side chick, so call me when you're single. And if he balks, if he tries to manipulate you, I, it's, emotionally, it's already over, it's just, you know, it's just hard to like send that text. Fuck, nope, that's your answer. That's your answer, but a quality guy will do the quality thing. He'll break up with one person and come after you. And if he doesn't, that's cause he's not quality. That's it for this episode. Thanks for being part of the shalon If you have a love question you need help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel for four new videos a week.